Blog Talk Radio. I am your host, T. Love, here at From the Heart Radio and the founder and CEO of Soji Huggles Children's Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to providing underprivileged children with the basic necessities of life. 
I'm also a board-certified energy psychology, positive psychology, and energy and vibrational sound therapist with a private practice in Sussex County, New Jersey, where From the Heart Radio streams to you live each and every week, bringing you optimistic and uplifting information from interesting people, people who are making a positive impact in our world. Today, our guest is New York Times bestselling author and transformational leader, Christy Whitman, who has appeared on Coast to Coast with George Norrie, The Today Show, and The Morning Show. Christy's work has been featured in People Magazine, Seventeen, Woman's Day, Hollywood Life, and Teen Vogue, just to name a few. As the CEO and founder of the Quantum Success Coaching Academy, a 12-month Law of Attraction coaching certification program, Christy has helped thousands of people worldwide achieve their goals through her empowerment seminars, speeches, coaching sessions, and products. Her life-changing message reaches over 125,000 people per month, and her work has been promoted by and featured with esteemed authors and luminaries such as Marianne Williamson, Dr. Wayne Dyer, Marcy Shimoff, Brian Tracy, Neil Donald Walsh, Abraham Hicks, and Louise Hay. Among Christie's best-selling books are The Art of Having It All, Quantum Success, the seven essential laws, and our topic for discussion, the desire factor. You can learn more about Christy at christywhitman.com, theartofhavingitall.com, and thedesirefactor.com. So check those out after the show. Welcome to the show, Christy. Thank you for taking time to join us here on From the Heart Radio. How are you being? Well, I am honored. I am grateful. And I just want to say I love that song that you played. And it, it <laughs> reminds me of another song from Karen Drucker called I Am So Blessed. And it just brought me into mm-hmm. that, oh, you know, into that moment of gratitude in my heart. So thank you for playing that. So I'm, I'm feeling very grateful. How are you, T? I'm well, thank you. And I like the song, too. That's probably why I picked it for my show. <laughs> It's beautiful. It really is. It does. It puts you. It puts you in a certain space. You know, it just makes you feel really good. Whenever I'm not having a great day, I listen to that song. It's wonderful. But your book, The Desire Factor, is also wonderful, and it is a clear guide on how to create consciously, which is not something humans do regularly at all. I must say, most people attempt to reach their goals by, you know, taking action and working really hard, and that's very logical. And that's exactly what we've been taught is the way to succeed yeah, we learn that. in attaining our yeah. goals. Yeah. But there's much more to it than that, which, you know, it's slowly been coming out over the past, I'll say, 15 years. But still, there are questions on what it is we need to do and how we go about doing what we need to do. And I know there are a million self-help books out there that speak to this. And I'm sure, I'm sure I've read most of them. You've probably read all of them. But yours is different. Your book, <laughs> The Desire Factor, well, it provides what the steps are that we need to take. But you also provide how to take those steps with exercises that seem to foster the manifestation process. So kudos to you for putting it all in one place in an easy-to-understand way, you know, with simple exercises that they do take practice, but they work. And you've given the reader – I'll say the secret sauce that's not spelled out as clearly or easily anywhere else – so was that the catalyst to writing your book, or was it something else? Well, there was a lot of different points of writing this book because the idea and the download, every book I've ever written, and I have seven books that have been out there, and many of them have reached success, as you were mentioning. And for this particular one, I was on a cruise ship, and I was in visiting – we were about to visit um, – 
Venice. And I was remembering that many years prior when, when my husband Frederick was just my boyfriend, we had just started to date and I moved in with him into Montreal and my parents and I and him went on a two week trip to Italy. And when we went to Venice, I had just started my business, just moved to Montreal. And this is, you know, over 16 years ago. And we we went to Venice and I was just like, wow, I, I was so passionate about the fashion and the purses and it was like a Shangri-La of just like everything, you know, Dior and Fendi and it was just fun beeping in and out of those doors. And I turned to him and I said, one day we're going to come back here and I'm going to buy something as like a symbol of the success that I've had in my business. And um, in that moment, when he saw how passionate and excited I was about, you know, purses and stuff, he's like, I don't think I can afford you. And I said, well, you don't have to afford me. I'm going to afford myself, right? So I'll do it myself. So here we were years later, two kids, my mom and dad were with us. We are, you know, on a cruise ship that we, you know, got to pay for and gift them. And it's time to, for me to just kind of beep around again and, and check out what I want, not just because I have to. If I find something I like, I get to. And so I found something. It wasn't even the most expensive thing that I saw. It was a Dolce & Gabbana purse and wrapped it up in beautiful blue color. And if you pr- appreciate purses and things fashion, you'll really feel like, ooh. So I, I go back to the cruise ship and I open it up and I was like, wow, this purse like symbolizes a desire that I had years ago to have something like that because it was pretty, you know, because I loved it. It just felt nice to hold it. And I just appreciate fashion. And, but I was nowhere in that place to buy that or anything else. Cause I just started my business, but instead of being in a place of, well, I can't afford it or, you know, in a place of lack or limitation, I future forwarded seeing myself going there someday and shopping and being free to make choices and, and that level of success, right. I'm feeling that. And then a voice in my head said, God, you were so shallow. And I was like, where is that voice coming from? <laughs> right. I was like, who are you? And go away. Um, and it turned out to be the voice of my sister who, it, you know, would judge me because I liked fashion or it called me shallow, you know, even though I'm a very in-depth person, but would call me shallow because I liked a nice outfit or I like to accessorize something or, you know, and she just didn't get fashion and didn't, wasn't passionate about that, but would judge me because I was, uh, you know, I was, I was laughing yep. because the lady that does my waxing, she was like, oh my God, your eyebrows look amazing. This is the best ever. And I just looked at her and I go, I love how you have such passion for eyebrows, you know, to have a, you know what I mean? To have that, that passion, whether it's doing a radio show or coaching someone or shopping for a handbag or golfing or, you know, raising your children or having a moment with a puppy or whatever lights you up. It's giving ourselves that allowance to say, yes, you know, I, I want this. I wanted this. This is cool. I get to celebrate this. And allow ourselves to give ourselves permission to go for our desires because our desires, like that idea of being in Venice, I, if you look at who I was then and then who I became, you know, in 2015 is when this happened, that, that it, it was like, wow, how much I grew and how much I created from human beings to, you know, a multimillion dollar business where I'm helping and healing people 
and it, you know it just it got married and and just all that was created in such a short period of quantum time and to be able to know exactly what I did and to replicate it that's when I started channeling the council. So another way of saying it, I'm messengers for ascended masters that call themselves the divine quantum council of light. People call them the council or council. And they came through full body, um, you know, utilizing my, my body, my consciousness to speak through and to teach about energy mastery. And they were teaching me, and then I was seeing my life get even better and feeling more connected and things just falling into place. And they were teaching me how energy sets up. And the desire factor literally is like a snapshot of – it's almost like if you're watching a movie and someone that's a producer or a director of a movie, they have to look at different shots and they have to look at, you know, kind of pause it in, in – in time to analyze it and look at it and see which is mm-hmm. the best, you know, part to put in the movie. And so this allows us to kind of dissect how does energy actually set up and what is the place that we partner with energy and that we're always in one of those seven phases that are the principles in the desire factor. And they all build on each other because it's like, before you desire something, there's nothing. Then you have a desire, and that desire puts energy in motion. And that energy in motion for that desire to manifest is the pre, right? And there's there's energy work to do and surrendering and visualization and, you know, all sorts of stuff in the pre. But when there's the pop of the manifestation, when that pop of it, you know, you have it, the visibility of it, you met the person, you got the money, you had the success, you got the accolade, whatever that pop was, then afterwards there's the post. And the post is really about appreciating what you already have because then that leads into the next openness and alignment for new desires to come through, which then starts the process and creation all over again. So it's pretty good to know how does energy set up? How do things actually manifest in the physical world? And what is our part in doing that? So we're deliberately creating what we want, not doing it from a place of, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, T, if, if playing a game of baseball, right? It's like, how successful would you be if you didn't know the game of baseball? You didn't know the rules and you just walk out on a field. You're curious what people doing. You're like, we're playing baseball here. Take the bat. That guy's going to throw you the ball. And you're going to hit it, right? And you go to hit the ball, and then everyone's yelling at you, run, and you run to third base. Well, you're out because that wasn't the right. rule of the game. But, if, but you know, you can play it better when you know, and that's what these kind of the, the guidance and rules are of the game. Now, did you, did you ask for guidance because you knew you were going to write a book, or did the Quantum Council just come to you? Did you, did, were you, did you have the channeling ability? How did this come about? Well, it's been something that's developing for the last 25 years, and I actually had my very first meditation teacher. I was, you know, middle-class, family, Italian-American. I mean, there was nothing woo-woo about me. There, You know, I was raised very Catholic, went to church every Sunday. And after I graduated from college, I checked the, all the boxes of what I was told was going to make me happy. And I felt myself just really going, okay, I got the degree, check. I am in a successful career. It's going really well, check. 
you know, I've got friends around me. I've got, I've got a nice dating thing going on, met, met a guy that I was interested in, got, you know, engaged. And I was so miserable. And even had an intervention from one of my girlfriends I've known since seventh grade. She's like, this is supposed to be the happiest time of your life. You've got everything you wanted to achieve. Why are you not happy? I've never seen you more depressed. And so <laughs> that led me to therapy and, you know, that sort of thing. But there was a moment in time when I got so curious. It's like that hunger, that thirst for information. And I literally was led to a woman named Melanie. And I got to her house because she was a psychic and she was a meditation teacher and all this. So I walk in her house and there's like that new age clinky clinky music and candles and incense and a really huge cat named Steve that was just in the middle flopping in, you know, and we sat in the living room, not on a couch, but like on cushions and, and uh, she had angel statues all around. And then she looked at me deep in my, my soul, like through just in my eyes. And she said, you create your own reality. And something in me went, yeah, I do. And I was surprised <laughs> to hear that. Right. And then I said, well, how, how do I create my own reality? And she said, you're either repelling things from you or attracting things to you based on the way you think. And I was, what, what do you mean the way I think? I always just thought my thoughts were real. I thought I really wasn't, <laughs> you know, thin enough or I wasn't tall enough or I wasn't, you know, didn't have enough money or I, you know, I was, um, you know, pain in the ass or, you know, all the things that were projected onto me. I thought those were true things. And that was those, that moment in time when it, it, things opened up. And as I was leaving that session with Melanie, she turned to me and she said, you're a channel. And I had no idea what she was talking about. But mm. she saw that in me then. And then five years later, I had a book. It was my very first book, Perfect Pictures, in the middle of the night at 105 in the morning it downloaded through me and I had to get up and because it was, I couldn't go back to sleep and I was listening to what it was saying. And it, this was important information for guidance for what I was wanting to do and what I needed to hear in my life. So I got up to write it down and then ended up, you know, having a scribing session of just pure download of, of words coming on on paper and went back to bed that night, and seven days in a row that happened. And I was guided to then get the book published. And as I was publishing the book or it was published, I was speaking in spiritual bookstores and churches, and people started asking me to coach them. So I've been coaching for about 22 years and was helping people I worked with in pharmaceuticals and, you know, to achieve better success and applying these principles. And it just all kept leading to then I was realizing that I'm an energy healer. And then I kind of came out of the closet with I'm an energy healer because I was for years uh, certifying coaches. And I still do that through the Quantum Success Coaching Academy. We um, certify law of attraction coaches. And so we've certified over 3,000 coaches since 2008, you know, and that was primarily what I was doing. And then, and then I was called to open up that healer part of me, which then I, let, you know, leaned into that. And that's when – the the council came through um, through a, a healing call that one day I was driving down the freeway and I used to call them they because the council I knew it was a group I could feel them as a group and um, but I never knew what their name was or, or you know what they stood for or anything it just it was guidance and when I followed it it always led me in the right direction but they, sometimes I would get flashes of images or 
you know, they were communicating with me. And every time I followed it, even with a, for a client, with my hands going up, doing a healing, asking them a certain question, um, you know, the results were always amazing. So I kept trusting it and leaning in. So one day I was driving down the freeway and all of a sudden they showed themselves to me. I had to pull over because it was like, uh, you know, what was yeah. happening, a <laughs> vision. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so they were very clear, create sacred circle of light. And I was like, okay, what is that? And they, they nailed it out. I just detailed it out. Zoom call once a week, people can come on there and get their things healed, you know, whether it's they're grieving from a loss of someone or they just had a bushwhack happen at Christmas time or, you know, they, they their dog passed away or they have a new puppy in their life and they're overwhelmed. Whatever the life situations are to help that client calm themselves, learn how to master their energy. And, and I, I thought, well, I'm all into that. That sounds great. Did that. Have many clients that joined. And that's when they came through. They, I literally felt my consciousness go to the side and their consciousness come in. And since that time, now when they come through, I've given them full allowance, so I'm not even conscious when they come in. Now, they, you, you wrote the first book based on a download, which was channeled from the Quantum Council to you. Is that true of all your books? Have they all been downloads from the Quantum Council? Yes, yes huh. absolutely. There, there was one book, uh, Taming Your Alpha Bits, that the idea and the, um, the the light service, if you will, you know, for not only for myself but for other women, it was really about female competition because that's what I was healing. Because competition of any kind, especially with another feminine or another female, is really coming from lack. And so I was healing that within myself. And there's a marriage and family therapist named Rebecca Grotto that was helping me move through that at the time. And she was part of my early, you know, recognizing about energy and, and that sort of thing. So we wrote, we wrote a book together, Taming Your Alpha Bitch. And um, that's the only one. The information was a download, but it was a collaboration. Ah, okay. And, you know, I, I, as you're talking, I'm thinking, why did it take the council so long to get to this book? I mean, this is so important. The other ones don't seem like they're going in order to get to here, but maybe they were. No, absolutely. Yeah, it was it was all like I, I feel like a channel through me to help with my own healing because the first book was ah. perfect pictures. You know, yeah, and okay. then it went into yeah, and then it just went into um why did she choose suicide? It was it's a book on how to heal from a, a trauma like a suicide and, and then it went into taming your alpha bitch and then it became, you know, the art of having it all and then quantum success and all of them are based on the universal laws. I mean, that's everything that I've been learning, teaching, sharing, um, you know, for 25 years now, 22 coaching. And um, it's, I'm a, still a student of it, and I'm always wanting to learn and grow, and I'm, I'm curious. And so I get to be the conduit. And I use a lot of my personal examples of what to do and what not to do or what I did and what you could do differently or what I now know or what the council now teaches that's a more effective way because for, you know, 25 plus years, I've been wanting to be a deliberate manifester and applying the principles. And what I love about the council and what they did with the desire factor is that it's first, second, third, fourth, you know, it's like they build on each other and it's a, like a combination instead of, all right, visualize or do affirmations. Like, yeah, but where do they fit in the whole, as all these tools, where do they fit in the whole process? 
And there's even like that process of, of having, which is the fourth principle, when you feel the having of it, that's when you want to do an affirmation. You can do them beforehand, never hurts to do them beforehand, to change a thought, you know, that type of thing. But it's to really imprint them energetically. It's when you're in that field of imagining that you are having, that you are experiencing that joy, not tomorrow, not when, not if, but now, feeling that joy, feeling that success, feeling that whatever it is that you're ultimately wanting to feel and know that that energy is what's breathing you and it's here and it's never, it's not something that has to be delayed. We don't have to ask permission for it. Nobody else is going to take it from us. This is an energetic alignment with energy and it's always available to choose whether it's freedom, joy, whatever essence we want to experience. You know, um, as I was reading your book, I started reading your book and I found the introduction alone brings the reader a lot of awareness. It's, it's thought provoking and it really makes you want to get into the chapters to learn more. Then when I got to the conclusion, I, I had to laugh. I really did. I was laughing because you brought it all full circle all the while building the reader's confidence in their ability to manifest better, more quickly and most important consciously. But the, the, well, I'm not going to say it right now. I'll say it later. <laughs> but the name, the name of the conclusion was what made me laugh. So I'll just leave it at that. And since the book is all about the seven-step process, the seven principles, I'd like to go through them, you know, if, if you don't mind, um, to give the listeners an idea of what to expect. But before we do that, Absolutely. we're going to take a short we're going to take a short break for our Soji Share. This is where we are sharing stories about kids from all over this planet who are not just filled with hope, but they're motivated, they are creative, they are focused, they are passionate, and they want to make a difference in this world. And our goal at SojiKids.org is to spread joy, hence our name Soji, which is an acronym for sharing our joy intentionally. This week, our Soji Share is Leanne Joyce. By the age of 12, Leanne was a nationally ranked jump roper as well as a competitive swimmer and gymnast. But she was unexpectedly told by her cardiologist that she had to stop all of her sports because, well, they were life-threatening to her. And as anybody I'm sure listening can imagine, this was extremely devastating to say the least. Jump Rope in particular and her teammates were a tremendous part of her life and her identity. One day while she was waiting for a yearly cardiology checkup for her heart problem, two teenage hospital volunteers offered her a gift that helped relieve her anxiety. And Leanne was beyond touched by that gesture, so much so she told her mom that those two volunteers made her realize that people really do care. And she knew right then and there that she herself wanted to somehow give back. She didn't waste any time. She came up with an idea, went to the local supermarket, and inquired about having a bake sale. Unfortunately, she was told that they only allow bona fide nonprofits to sell items. So she wanted to know more, and, and she wanted to see what was involved in doing that. And then she started her research, which provided all the information she needed to create positive impact for kids. That's a nonprofit that helps improve the lives of children and adolescents. So developing her nonprofit was really good for her at the time because it was a great way to focus her time, her energy, and, and her desire to help others. After all, she, she, you know, she didn't have any physical exerting extracurricular activities to focus on in her very young life. So this was a good thing to put her attention to. Her goal as president of Positive Impact for Kids was to raise significant funds and awareness to improve the hospital experience for pediatric patients. 
that were receiving inpatient medical care in the United States. She continues to strive to decrease hospitalized children's pain and anxiety while increasing their self-esteem. And her first financial goal was to raise $100,000 by the time she graduated high school. She not only succeeded in that, but she met that goal one year early. And to date, Positive Impact for Kids has donated to 122 hospitals. That's minimally two hospitals in every state. I just find this to be so impressive. And this right here, this is the good stuff that's happening in our world. And our children are coming up with these ideas on their own. This is also the good stuff that Soji focuses on and chooses to share with you each week. So focusing on the good in the world, stories like this, positive, impactful, and life-changing. This is just one example of how kids are making our world better and more joyful, not just for themselves, but for others, for all of us. Young children have such creative minds and imaginative reach, enabling them to be successful. Their age, well, their age allows them to ignore any limitations that we as adults seem to have, and they can see with a pure heart. We lose this as we grow, but children have it. We need to help them nurture that. They don't think of themselves as limited at all. Nonprofits that children start are they're absolutely unique in their approach, and they serve as an inspiration for everyone. So kudos to this week's Soji Share, Leanne Joyce. So now we'll get back to our That's discussion amazing. with Christy Whitman. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Amazing. So yes, it to- is so amazing and inspiring. Yes. I love it. Yeah, and the desire, the fact that she had this desire, her time, energy, and desire to help others. I mean, you know, that I thought, oh, this goes with the book. This is really good. <laughs> it really, yeah, it really does because nothing happens without a desire. I mean, if she didn't have a desire to do that, she wouldn't have done all those things. So it's no, the desire to just, help. It's, yeah, yeah. She could have become just totally downtrodden and said, forget it. I can't do anything. I'm devastated. I can't, you know, but she really took her energy and said, I'm going to do something good. And she's still doing it, you know, and to reach a goal before she graduated from high school a whole year early. I, you know, kudos to this kid. She's just really done a great job. So, but as, now that before we, before I went to the Soji share, we talked about maybe going over the uh, seven principles that are in your book. The first one being the principle of alignment. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yeah. that? So anytime we have a desire, we want to feel our way into that desire. In other words, we want to become in tune with it. We want to think about it. We want to feel it. We want to let the, like the minute you get this idea to say, ooh, that would be fun. What would, wow, what would that be like? To entertain it, to, you know, rapport with it. And instead, a lot of times what we do is, we get an idea, we get a, a desire, and we go, I can't do that. I, I can't afford mm. that. Or there's no way I can, you know, we, we just like almost bat it away. We, we don't let yep. ourselves just sit with it and go, would I really even enjoy that? And to understand that, that divine that we're aligning with, it's like it's aligning with our divine partner that literally gave us this idea. And it knows it's, you know, it, it knows its audience, so to speak. It, it wouldn't give you a desire that it could not fulfill for you or take care of or partner with you or that you have, uh, you know, either the skill set or the, the, you know, demand or what the, the gifts or whatever it is. Like I always say, if the divine was to give me the desire or the idea to run for the president of the United States, I'd be like, oh, heck no, sorry. You know, it knows yeah. its audience. <laughs> it's not going to give that desire to me, right? 
but it does know what I desire and what I prefer because it's an extension of me. We represent the divine here in on third dimension. And so, you know, it's a partnership. So aligning with what feels good and what could be and the potential, the possibility leads into the second principle, which is the principle of focus. Because each of us have free will and choice, and we have the ability to focus our consciousness. Consciousness is what we say. Nobody else can put words in our mouths, right? And that's why mm-hmm. I created WatchYourWords.com watch mm-hmm. because there are 30 words and phrases that people say all the time. They don't even realize they're saying it that pulls their energy down into lack and limitation, and it doesn't feel good. And that sparks what we say, our language, you know, words, when you think about it, are thoughts. So our words, mm-hmm. our thoughts, our emotions, our perspectives, and then the actions that we take. That's all we have influence on. And when we understand that and can take responsibility for that, understanding that all of that is our vibration. But we're the ones that have the focus, meaning we have the choice on what to focus on. And instead of focusing on what we don't want, which many people are so trained to do, focus on what we do want. Because then what sets up is the third principle, which is joyful expectation. Because we all have these big, beautiful brains, these minds that say, ooh, I would love to be in a relationship with a person like that. Or, ooh, I would love to have a business like that. Or, ooh, I'd love to create a nonprofit like that, like T. Wow, if I could create a nonprofit like T did, that would be amazing. Well, you can if you lean into that and let yourself be called to what's, what's birthing through you. And our minds then go, well, it would feel good, but I don't know what to do. Or, you know, that would feel good too, but I don't know even know where to start. Or it would feel really good, but why me? Who am I to? Or the, you know, or just having that expectation that it's going to be so hard to do that. It's going to be very, very um, time-consuming to do that. It's going to be too expensive to do that. I don't have enough money. It is all of those things, Christy. It is all of those things. Right? Right? It is. And I ask the question, why me? Why am I being directed to do this? I don't know what I'm doing. And then the next thing you know, I'm sitting in an attorney's office saying, hey, will you help me form a nonprofit? And he's like, sure. (laughs) Yeah. Right? But it's like the energy guides you to next, to next, to next, to next. But as long as you are focusing on the joyful expectation that you don't in this moment have to know the who, the where, the what's, the how's. All You don't have to know all of the details, but know that the, the divine partner, the partner that is breathing us, the knower of everything that gave you the desire in the first place, knows exactly how to fulfill each and every step. We just have to play our active part in that. And that is keeping ourselves open and aligned so that we are joyfully expecting what it is that we want. Because that, but, and I, that yeah, go ahead expecting okay so there's a difference and I explain this to people all the time in my practice okay there's a difference between I expect this to happen and waiting in expectancy huge huge difference because what they believe they expect to happen is not necessarily what the plan is but living in expectancy is seeing what comes up that will put you you know that will align with you and allow you to focus and bring you that joy that you need in order to that those are the emotions are the fuel and if you just expect this, this, and this, you're limiting yourself. So just be in expectancy. I just wanted to, to point that out because it is joyful expectancy. Oh, is, is, 
yeah, is your third principle. And I'm like, yeah, and that's not because a lot of people will think, well, I expected this to happen. You know, I expect things to happen all the time and they don't, you know, so it's like, oh, yeah, okay, I didn't see that coming, but this is better, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I just wanted yes, to say that. That was beautiful. No, that was beautifully brought up. And, and, it's, and there is like, there's a huge difference. Like you said, it is joyful expectancy. Expectancy is an energy. It's, you know, it yep. has, it's not like I expect this. Right. Expectations are very solidified. Like you said, it's a yeah. this must be there's a perfect picture. There's a should there. It, the expectancy is where you let that, ex, that expansiveness, that joy move into what then becomes the fourth principle. And that's the principle of having, because as right. you can feel the joy and the excitement of being where you are, and bridging that gap between where you are and the reality that you're in right now and the fact that you don't know the timing or you don't know the who or the where or any of that, that just bridges the gap in joy and like, ooh, that'll be fun and I'm looking forward to this, right? And then you get to connect with what will it feel like? What's the essence? When you meet that man, when you start that nonprofit, when your business is doing a certain amount, when you, you know, I don't know, go through the divorce, when you finally stop grieving, when you, whatever life situation you're wanting, whatever desire you have, how are you going to feel once it's fulfilled? Because that right. feeling of feeling it now, of having it, you're, you're now in a place to then appreciate and love it. Like, I love how it feels to feel connected. I love how it feels to have a partner to laugh with. I love how it feels knowing that there is an absolute abundance and it's unlimited and that clients flow to me every day in every way in unusual ways and finding me. You know, it's like you get to love the feeling of that freedom. You love the feeling of that security, whatever that havingness is, because that love literally is like an amplifier because love is the highest mm -hmm. vibration on this planet. It's, you know, love is the highest vibration in any planet, but there's different degrees of it. But love on this planet, not a conditioned love, but a, oh my God, I just love this. Like my, you know, waxing girl was so excited about the eyebrows. She was just like passionate yeah. about it. That, you know, that's, that's revving it up. That's amplifying it. And then after that is surrender. Because it comes to a point then, because our big, beautiful minds, they're, they're there for a reason, include them, accept them, you know, be grateful for them. The mind goes, well, oh, we don't know how to do this. Now what? Right? And then we get to use that principle of surrender. Well, you know what, mind? That's not for me to figure out. That's for the divine to show us. Let me surrender that over. Any resistance, split energy, any disbelief, any place in our consciousness that is moving in a different direction, that's where we get to surrender because as we surrender and we allow ourselves to just feel that energy and be open, that's when we're open to receive the communication or the inspiration, and that's when we then take action. Make that phone yep. call. Listen to that radio. Get in that office with that lawyer. Whatever that action and that step, it, it, continue the process. Align, focus, joyfully, expect, expectancy, having, love. Surrender, action, and here we go again. Alignment, and it goes on and on. And the way that it is written in the book, each one, each chapter builds upon the last chapter. So it is in a definite order, the order in which it was, must happen. But it starts with a quote from the Quantum Council, which is beneficial to the reader to see, oh, okay, kind of sets you up a little. And then at the end, you give a step-by-step 
process. The, the, this is what you need to do, but then you follow it with a meditation. And unfortunately you have to read the meditation. So it's hard to do it and then remember what it is, but I tried. <laughs> but you, you but can actually, you, no, we actually, you can actually go to the desireoffactor.com forward slash action. And it has it in the book too. And I believe it's in the second chapter and all of those meditations, all of those processes I have recorded and they're yours as the reader for free and you can download the meditation so you don't have to, I agree, because I would love to, like, how could I read a meditation and take myself through it? So um, I put it in the book because we need to and then gave you the audio so that you can actually have the implementation of it. Yeah, I saw that and I didn't have time to go and do that because I'm reading the book for the show. So I'm like, okay, I want to do this, but I can't, I don't have time to do this part of it. But I read those meditations and it's good to read them first, actually, because then I don't know. It kind of shows you, okay, this is how it's going to work. I can see it. And then I think you relax more into it when you hear it. I'm guessing that that is actually what would happen because you know what's coming. But it's such a good way at the end of each chapter to end the chapter and solidify what you've just read. Absolutely, 100% agree because the mind wants to know. And so it helps the mind to know so that when you're doing the meditation, it's like you can just relax into it. So um, that's a really good point. And it, it helps you understand the process of it. And, and then when you're in the meditation, you're actually working with energy, you're releasing the energy, and you're not caught up on, okay, what comes next? Right, right. And then one of the things that I know people uh, tend to think about when they set a goal or an intention is they put too many specifics into it. You can't, you can't put in the specifics because that, they don't understand that's so limiting. That is so limiting when you say it has to be, you know, person on this day or this color car with this. If you put so many specifics into it, you really need to say at the very end of that or something better because you're limiting yourself when you when you put it into that hole, you know, that it has to be this way. it's, It's both. It's both, yes, it's both energy, and, and I'll explain why in a second. I talk about this in the desire factor. It's the difference mm-hmm. between specific and general. And if you are um, if getting specific, like a time or, you know, uh, like you're saying, a person or a place or, you know, it's very specific, uh, exact color, if that makes you feel good and it, like, it makes you feel more connected and it makes it for, feel more believable, then that's the time to be specific. But like you said, this is the idea I have. That's where we surrender, but I know you have a higher vision, so this or something better. And that yet the general, the generality of it is the essence. Like my husband is so amazing. He, he always is so very general, and I'm more specific. And I have, I have a story in the book of how we met some of the dancers from Dancing with the Stars with this very, very, you know, example. But even at New Year's, you know, every, every year I do a New Year's Eve meditation for my community and um you know you set the energy for the year to come it's a fabulous Mm -hmm. um process to do and so but when you you figure out what's your what's your essence words not just you know this is my year of joy but it's joyful bliss and you know you you really bring in your own energy signature of these different words and so i said to my husband i said what do you declare your 2023 to be and he goes i just want to feel good all day every day for the entire year and and it, and it was like it was so non-specific and yet very very specific. It was general enough. Yes. Like he just wants to feel good, and that's a pretty declarative, pretty specific, you know, intention 
with a very general, he's very open. Like you were saying, I don't expect this and this and this. I'm just going to be in the receiving mode of me feeling good and things delighting me. Yep. Yep. I mean, I had a guy come in and he, uh, he said, can you help me with getting a job? And I said, yeah, energy will do anything. I can help you with, you know, directing the energy to get a job. What do you want in a job? And we went through the list and he said, I had an interview and I want this job. And I said, you might not get this job. And he said, no, I really want this job. And I said, okay, but I'm telling you, I don't think you're going to get the job. And he's like, why? I said, I just don't think you are, but okay. So he didn't get the job because they said the job was going to be, although he interviewed like 20 minutes from his house, they were then going to move the position to an hour and a half away. And he wanted to move at that point, but he didn't want to move. So he said, so that job didn't work out. And he said, so now there's um, another opportunity coming up. I said, yep. And he says, can you put energy to that? I said, sure. So we do what I do. And he came back a week later and he said, you know what? I really want this job, but it's an hour away. And I said, I, I really think this is a job for you. And he goes, why? I said, I'm, I'm just telling you, I think this is a job for you. So he took the job and within like three weeks of having the job, he learned that they were moving to like five minutes from his house. And I said, see how it works? Just because you want something yeah. doesn't mean it's the best thing for you. Just because you want that specific thing doesn't mean it's the best for you. Be more open, you know, be more, um, don't limit yourself to, to these things because it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense to do that. There's no, you're not going to, you're not going to be able to get what you want in the end, right? Yeah. Yeah. When you're attached, because that's one of the laws, that's where the surrender comes in. One of the universal laws that I've been talking about for the seven essential laws for decades is the law of detachment. When you are so attached and you know you're attached to something because you feel that, oh, my God, when is it coming? It's like that impatience. Is it, oh, is that her, him, her, her, her? When is it? And you're, you're, you're almost into this constriction because you're so focused on – it's almost like you're back in lack and you're not in a place of alignment. And so yeah. it's important to feel that, that surrender anytime you feel yourself attached Anytime you feel yourself stressed, anxious, fearful, worried, those are some other specific emotions. And look at where in your consciousness. Is it what you're saying? Is it what you're thinking? Is it what your mind is picturing in the, that perception aspect? Is it, you know, what you are telling yourself you can't do? I mean, what aspect is it? Because exactly what you're saying, T, it's like you're limiting the, limit, you're limiting the unlimited by saying it's got to be this. And then when we, the way we want it to be, then you know, it, it's hard for the divine to find an open channel through us because we're right. so constricted. Yeah. And one of the other things too, is when people say, you know, well, I want, and it's like, don't want, want is lack. Want is lack. And they're like, but it's the same as desire. I'm like, no, it's not. It's completely different. Desire is something yeah. you feel. Desire is your sacral chakra saying this, we're going to birth this. But want is you're, yeah. you're holding your fist closed. And if I say to you, here, take this, and your fists are closed, how are you going to take this from me? But when you release that, and that's where surrender comes in and just say, you know what, or something better, or, you know, speak it differently and always speak in, in the current, in the present tense. Do not speak, I will have, because I will will never come to you. Every day is I will, I will, I will. Or I'm going to speak as I have, I am, I have, I am. And I think that's important too when people are setting their goals to know how to put it in the right tense so that it is, you know, that expression, act as if. Yeah, act yes. as if. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's important. It's act as if, but exactly what we're talking about is that it's not just think as if, it's act as if. It's be in the energy of it. You know, feel the gratitude now. Look for the things that you're grateful for now. That energy is available now. And it's it, it's not, you may not have the whole entire thing that you want now, but if you start to feel the joy or start to feel that freedom, start to feel that passion as an energy, then it manifests. I mean, that's really what happened to me many, many years ago, um, right after the book, my first book came out and I was speaking in spiritual books and churches and churches and people were asking me to coach them and I was coaching them and I loved that. And right before that though, I was a pharmaceutical rep and I didn't have any passion. I didn't have any real purpose for what I was doing. And I actually felt very out of alignment because I'm a person that if I get a headache, I reach for you know, peppermint essential oils instead of taking yeah, an aspirin. Yeah. So I'm, you know, yeah, I go get acupuncture every two weeks yep. and rolfing and massage and, you know, that's my self-care regimen. And so for me to sell medication and tell doctors why they should prescribe my medication and then get excited because I had a higher market share, it just didn't feel, it wasn't filling my soul and it didn't feel, it actually felt, I started Yeah, you weren't in alignment. On, no. <laughs> Not at all, but I made was making great money and I liked the money. Yeah. I liked the lifestyle, yep. Yep. but I was also yep. in a place, it was interesting because I, I was kind of stuck in a money place where I wasn't living the life of my dreams, but yet I was living good enough that I couldn't, I, I didn't feel I wanted to let go of that. So I felt stuck. And what's really interesting is that I just started feeling that abundance that I had that I knew and then brought in the energy of passion and purpose. And I just kept feeling that what I do as a career, as a creative self-expression, you know, as a way of putting out energy and good into the world and having it come back through value and abundance exchange, that I have, I'm passionate about it and that I'm, I'm on purpose with it. And so you were asking me about channeling. It's like that I, I, I was clear that's what I – not necessarily channeling, but I want to do something – in light. I knew I was a light worker. I still am a light worker. I always will be a light worker. So what can I do in the name of light in service and feel passionate and on purpose in that? And that's when all of this just burst through me and just continued to be led by light. But it was finding that essence energy whenever, whenever we feel we're absent of something, like you're saying, I want this. I'm desperate for this. I need this. I'm impatient for this. Ask yourself, what is it that you want and what's the really, what's the reason? Why do you want it? So what do you want? Why do you want it? And ultimately, how do you want to feel? Because as you feel it now, not when, then, then, and if, and all that, feel it now because it's available to you now, that's when you start getting clear and that's when things start moving around and the consciousness that you have now will not be the same consciousness or even awareness of what's possible in a year or five years or 10 years from now. It's, it's remarkable. Yeah. I just did a call yesterday with uh, about four coaches that in, in about two, the year of 2008, 2009, went through the Quantum Success Coaching Academy, and they were coming back to share their stories of who they were and where they are now. And every single one of them engaged themselves. They took the information. They did the shift. They you know, they applied it and, and their lives, I, I was even asking them, could you have imagined back then when you took the program that you would be where you are today? And all of them said, there was no way. I had no awareness that this, what I'm living now, even existed or was a possibility. 
And that's the fun thing is that as you keep opening up to abundance and that becomes your new normal, more things open, more opportunities, more people to support you, more clients in your business, more love and connection, because that is our divine design. We're divinely designed for abundance, for success, for wholeness and well-being and love and support. And when we can align with that, then that's what is reflected in every aspect of every relationship that we have in our lives. Yeah. You know, um, we are we are getting close to the top of the hour, and I want to make sure I get this in. You, you provided a great overview of the principles of the desire factor. But as you stated in your conclusion, which, as I previously stated in, in the intro, made me laugh when I got there, <laughs> and it's the only chapter where the Quantum Council did not provide a quote. They let you have this one by yourself. And your conclusion, the title of it is, it was never about the desire. Now, I, I don't want to talk about that because I want people to buy the book and read it and then get to that and you will understand it comes full circle. But it's really funny. I like the way that, that you or the council named that chapter. It was never about the desire. I thought, then why did I read the book? <laughs> right? <laughs> but, but when you why get to I that chapter... Yeah, when you get to that chapter, you'll get it, you'll understand it, and it is, it is, it is crazy good. And again, I just, I just wanted to mention that and, and let people know. Okay, go and no spoiler alerts here. Just go and buy the book. It really is a good way to get you started on, on getting your goals, being in alignment, and making things happen in your life. And it does take practice. Everything's practice. You know, we're human. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to, we're going to not do things exactly right or say, oh, I shouldn't have thought that thought. That's okay. That's okay. Just start again. You know, just do what you're doing and start again. It's all right. Everything's good. It's going to happen, and, and it will happen for you too. And since we're almost out of time, I'd, I'd really love it if you could tell people where they can purchase your book and how they can learn more about you um, and, of course, you know, your book, The Desire Factor, How to Embrace Your Materialistic Nature to Reclaim Your Full Spiritual Power. Awesome. Well, thank you for the opportunity. It was uh, amazing to connect with you and to be able to connect this way to the council and to all of you. So you can actually go to any place where they sell books. So, you know, booksamillion.com. You can go to any local bookstore and have them order it. Amazon, of course, has it. Barnes & Noble has it. Um, You can go to thedesirefactor.com. So there's lots of ways to pick up the book. Um, and also on top of that, you can go to watchyourwords.com. That's the best way to start implementing your consciousness in alignment with abundance. And so it's a 30-day free video program that every day you get a two to about a two-minute video of me telling you what to say or what not to say, why, and then what to say instead because it shifts your vibration. And um, you can always go to christywhitman.com and see what council is all about and uh, sum up the upcoming events that we have. Thank you so much, Christy. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. It really has. Thank you for being here. I appreciate your time very, very much. Well, thank you for what okay. you do in the world, too. It's really important. Oh, thank you. Okay, listeners, we need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on the show, so share it with your friends. You know, we live in a challenging and constantly changing world, and that's why I have the guests that I do to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dross of life. So share this show with everybody you know. On behalf of all of us here at From the Heart Radio, I want to thank all my listeners for tuning in. Check out Soji Huggles by going to SojiKids, S-O-J-I-K-I-D-S dot org. Follow us on Twitter at Soji Huggles. Like us on Facebook at Soji Huggles Children's Foundation. And we will leave you with our From the Heart Radio's thought for this week from Henry Ford. Whether you think you can or think you can't, you are right. 
I am your host, T. Love, here at From the Heart Radio, intending you and yours a most enjoyable week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care. Yeah, she should. No. Yeah, no, especially because there is a new, new string that's out. It's not. Yeah, no, they don't. Nope, nope. But there is a new, there is a new strain, there is a new strain that's out. So you do need to be extra cautious. Yep. So you need to be extra cautious. Um, they're not talking. Well, no, nothing. I mean, just you know, just wear a mask everywhere you go, and just be conscious of how far away you are from people. God, that's right, because it's India. They do huge. Yep. No. Are you freaking kidding me? Wow. Yeah, no. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you've been doing this all along. So you're doing the right thing, new strain or not. Just just be careful of of people because they're not truthful. They're not um they're not compliant, Susan. They're not. And I mean I'm I'm down to like let me think. There's one person yeah, well, I'm coming, one person's actually coming in tomorrow. And I emailed her today and said, if you are sick at all, do not come in. Yeah, no. I appreciate that very much. Oh my God. Yeah. Now, okay, so who said it was a bacterial infection? Okay, but but you don't have that. Yeah. It also can be Yep. Yeah. 